Kira. Hi, I'm Mariska. Welcome to Wiffle, what I feel like expressing. Where we like to have fun and explore ways to level up as human beings. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to us today. And we really hope that you love this episode. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Wiffle. And we have a surprise. I love surprises. So I will give Kara the honor of revealing said surprise. So today I'm very excited because we have someone that I really admire and I know personally. Her name is Ariana and she's a huge inspiration to me. And I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear a little bit more about her journey, transitioning careers, transitioning into having her own business, but also the kind of sabotaging thoughts and feelings that may come up from time to time because we all have them. And I'm just really, really excited to have this discussion. So as I know Ariana pretty well, Mariska, I'm gonna let you take it away and bring her in. Well, first of all, welcome Ariana. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, I'm so honored, a little nervous, but very excited. Yay, excited is good. Excited is good. Yes, we we love excited because we are excited to have you. Definitely. And seeing as well, I don't know you as well as Kira does, and most of our listeners might not know you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, would you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you are up to in the world? Sure. So my name is Ariana. I'm 28, almost 29, but I don't think that that counts because we lost two years with COVID. So I identify (laughs) as 25 still. (laughs) (laughs) I live in Barbados, lived here my whole life, went away to university and then came back. And I kind of job hopped for a little while before settling into working with my family company, which is in construction. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for about five years. Very grateful for that opportunity and for everything that I learned while I was there. But it was not what I was passionate about. And the longer I stayed in a space where I wasn't completely happy and passionate every day, the more kind of disheartened I got by the work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I thankfully did the passion to financial freedom workshop with you guys. And that was kind of a stepping stone to kind of pivot myself away from working at the family company and into opening my own businesses because I have two now so now I own a social media management company and I work with small business owners mostly female who are kind of the the one woman show they run every aspect of their business and sometimes the marketing kind of falls by the wayside it's not a mega priority for them so I like to partner with these women and help grow their brand presence on social media so that they can focus on kind of being 
working on the other areas of their business that that needs their attention a little bit more and then I'm also a yoga teacher in Mm. Barbados yeah yeah. And I will say Ariana is like one of the best yoga teachers I have ever had ever ever her classes are phenomenal thank you so much you're gonna make me cry (laughs) (laughs) it is completely true thank you wow wow and you know that was a lot (sighs) it is (laughs) it is and in such a short spice of time too definitely five years I mean being in corporate to then having like two separate kind of entities that's very very impressive what kind of led you into um you know getting into yoga and then also transitioning to having like your own social media Okay, so for the yoga, I've always, well, not always, the first couple yoga classes that I took, I really didn't enjoy them at all. I felt like I couldn't quiet my mind and I just wasn't enjoying it. But then I gradually got into it enough to do my teacher training, want to deepen my practice to do my teacher training. And while I was doing the training and I was just noticing how much it was helping me, I was like, I need to share this with other people. I feel like my passion has always been people. I've always known that I want to help people. I just never knew how I was going to do that until I was doing my teacher training. And it's kind of like everything aligned. The light bulbs went off in my head and I was like, ah, this, this is what I meant to do. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then I've just been teaching ever since. And it worked really well with my corporate job at the time because it was kind of giving me the bits of happiness and passion and kind of alignment that I wasn't getting from my nine to five job. But unfortunately, as an adult, you have responsibilities, you have, you know, finances, things that you need to make sure are covered and teaching at that time wasn't going to pay all of my bills. So I did have to stay in the nine to five job that I was in and then I guess we kind of went through COVID and I was still working with the family company I was very grateful for that opportunity I know a lot of people did get like laid off or lose their jobs during that time I'm so grateful that I was able to still have a job through the pandemic but once we came out of the pandemic my priorities had definitely shifted and I just knew that I had to put myself first and just, I just made the jump. Wow. What a great jump. What a fantastic jump. It was scary. Well, I didn't, okay. So I didn't just make the jump. I had a plan. I knew for maybe about six months before I left that I wanted to go off on my own, try something new because at the end of the day, if I don't try, I'll never know if I can do it or not. And the worst thing that would happen is it wouldn't work. And then I would just come back to the drawing board and try again. That's something different. So, yeah, that's pretty much how I got to where I'm at. Well, I love that. And it leads me into kind of my next question, because I'm very curious. You know, we speak about self-sabotaging behaviors a lot. And I have noticed that when it comes to starting something new, whether it's like a business, a hobby, anything, 
that's typically when like self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors come up the most for me. And I think for a lot of people. So I'm really curious, I guess in your lifetime, but also specifically when you're starting these new businesses and projects, what specific type of kind of self-sabotage persona comes up for you? This is such a good question. I'm currently going through a really strong battle with one of them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say maybe before I had made the jump to start the social media company and also take my yoga to the next level, I would say my my, um, saboteur then was definitely people pleasing, like through and through 100% in every aspect of my life. That's where I was at but then you know I did a lot of coaching I did you guys's workshop I've done some other workshops I've worked with coaches I've worked with therapists and I feel like I've kind of I wouldn't say that I've like mastered my people-pleasing saboteur that still comes up from time to time but I think I have a good a good handle on how to deal with her when she raises her head but now it's kind of shifted and my saboteur is actually the avoider. Mm-hmm. Well, Mariska, you're handling that <laughs> next question. I know that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So avoider. Hmm. Yes, we can be best friends sometimes. And I, ha- <laughs> I, I know how mine shows up. What, what sort of havoc does yours reek and well how how do you handle it so I I think I just it exactly how it comes up in the name is what I do I will avoid I will come up with a list of everything that I could possibly do first before getting to whatever it is that I am avoiding essentially and um it it's a lot of procrastination, which is then a really vicious cycle because you know you have this thing to do, but you procrastinate doing it. And then pr- the longer you put it off, the more anxious you feel, the more worked up you get. And then you have a mental breakdown. I'll be just bawling my eyeballs out for for no reason, for my own, it's my own fault. Um, <laughs> and then I'll be like, no, you know what? This, I just have to do it. And then I'm good and I'm strong and I'm like, but there's laundry to do and the house needs to clean. And I I could clean up my inbox on my email first and then start a new project because I don't want to start something new when I have all these other things that I could finish first. So that's the cycle that I tend to get stuck in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've been there. on a regular basis it's horrible yeah it's not fun (laughs) it's really really not and I feel like the avoider is a really common one for so many people huh everyone has has it in different shades for sure yeah yeah but I I think the the avoider sometimes and I think that's something that we don't always appreciate is the amount of emotion that we can attach to stuff. Mm. And this is something that I see with 
with myself, with my clients on such a regular basis is we will have this task, this thing that we need to do, right? And we look at it and it might not be that bad, technically, right? But we look at it and it feels like a little monster. Like, yeah. I really don't want to touch you. I I just, you you go and sit in a corner somewhere, be gone, and I'll do all these other things. And I, I love, Ariana, I love the fact that you make a list of literally everything else that you're doing. <laughs> Just to kind of like add on to what you were saying, I made some little notes on like what I was going to talk about and what you said just ties in perfectly because the last sentence that I have written down is that what it really comes down to is I think that I'm scared to fail. So if I never get around to it, then I never fail because I never take the risk and put myself out there. And I feel like that's the emotion that I've attached to this task. And that's why I'm like, ah, I'll get to you in a couple months when my plate isn't quite as full. But it's really just like, I don't want to fail at it. I don't want to not do it the best that I can do it. So I'm just not going to do it yet. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually have an episode. You guys can listen to it. It's Mm -hmm. basically the three fears that are associated with procrastination failure that's the big one but the other two that people may not think of immediately is fear of criticism and fear of success Ooh, that's an interesting one mm, it is about it like, that, like the fear of success ariana you look like you're you you just have had a mind blow moment yeah, yeah I- like I need to like go and listen to that episode immediately. Yeah, it's so true. Many people don't think about, you know, the fear of success or fear of criticism. Fear of failure is the obvious one, but with success, when you when your life changes, even if it changes in a good way, people aren't always fond of changes and your dynamics can change. Like in relationships, you know, one partner becomes so much more successful then the other partner maybe feels like they don't have enough time for the relationship, this, that. So like lots of different little kind of hidden changes happen when you become successful that people are actually really scared of. I think another big one that kind of goes off in my head when I think of like success is also like imposter syndrome comes up a lot. And I'm like, who am I to be? doing this or you know I have a yoga class full of like 10 15 students in front of me and I'm like oh my god I have to teach them I have to teach all of them (laughs) you know it's just I just psych myself up too much that must actually be quite scary sometimes when you're like in real life teaching like a certain amount of people like what's it like um, to be honest, the couple of times in my classes are, I would say majority of the time, they're smaller classes, I would mm-hmm. say like my, I'm comfortable when it's like six to eight people or even under the six, like anywhere from two to eight, I'm pretty comfortable. Um, And it's only been like two or three times when there's been like bigger groups of people. And I have had like, 
oh shit moments right before and I'm like can I call in sick like I know they're all here but can I just like <laughs> not do it I get really nervous but then once I actually get on my mat and we start flowing everything everything just goes away completely and I feel this kind of I, it's weird to describe it I feel sparkly like I feel like oh, this is this is my bread and butter this is perfect this is what I'm meant to do and it just it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like, oh, I just have to get through this hour of class and then I can go do what I want to do. I'm like, I feel so alive right now. And then I walk away from the class just feeling so energized. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm thinking when you're in that space, we just add another few people. You won't even notice. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. I think the most nerve wracking part as well is sometimes when it's someone that I've never met before, which luckily isn't usually the case because Barbados is such a small island that if I even if I don't know you personally, I know of you or you know my family or my friends. So it's kind of like you know them or who they're associated with. So it's never like full on meeting a complete stranger. So there's kind of that comfort level as well. Ah, that's yeah. that is so interesting. It do, it is, and it it does make sense. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I I remember reading once the there's there's two different ways that we look at that that imposter syndrome feeling or this feeling that you are um, talking about having people around you. So for some people, it's really easy to do one on one or small groups. And for other people, they love huge groups. But yeah. if you put them in small settings, they get Doesn't work for them. super nervous. And mm -hmm. it's so weird because, Ariana, I'm, I'm sort of with you. I'm okay with smaller groups. If I know the people, it's a lot easier. If mm. I don't know them, it's not like I can't do it. But maybe eh, I'll go and introduce myself beforehand. So at least there's some sort of connection. Yeah. Um, so what what would you say would be your things that you do when you get into situations where maybe you don't feel that comfortable to get yourself into a space where you are a little bit more comfortable? Mm, I think it, I'm very much on the same path as you. If there are people that I don't really know, I will introduce myself before we start the class. And if it's a yoga setting in particular, it's really great because then I can tell everyone, just close your eyes. And then once their eyes aren't on me, I kind of feel like a little <laughs> bit of a release and then I can sit there and just be with my breath. And that's kind of a big way that I handle the imposter syndrome. It's also how I handle like when my avoider comes up and I just sit and I become really aware of what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of start to question, why is this coming up? So I think that's kind of like the first step that I would take in either situation of kind of overcoming that feeling. Wow. Makes a lot of sense. It also sounds as though when you are in a yoga class and you're teaching, I feel like that's so closely linked to your purpose and your why that you almost automatically kind of get into flow and the energy of everyone and the energy of what it is that you're doing kind of helps your avoider just calm down. 
But what would you say are maybe your two or three other tips on really working with your avoider when it shows up in like different settings? So when, maybe when you're not teaching and you have more like administrative work. Okay. Um, so oof, this one is, um, it's, it, I'm literally going through it right now. There's a big project that I, I really want to do. I'm so geared up about it. I have a lot of excitement and I feel so inspired by the project but I also feel really intimidated to actually sit down and get my thoughts out onto paper and make a proper plan of it. And that is something that I've been avoiding for a really long time. So one of the ways that I kind of overcome that is I have a set of activities that I kind of call like my reset buttons and they can be they can be anything for anyone. But for me, it's just simply doing some stretches. I don't necessarily have to get on my yoga mat. I just do some stretches wherever I am. If I'm on the couch, which is pretty much where I work from, or if I'm on the floor, on the chair or anything, I just do some yoga, focus on my breath. Another one is kind of closing the computer, leaving my phone and maybe going for a walk or going to make some tea and just drinking that tea with zero distractions, going to the beach. I live up the hill from a beach. So sometimes I'll just go down to have a little swim. Any of those things to just kind of like literally press the reset button to take my mind out of this space of being so overwhelmed and intimidated by a task. So I press the reset button and then I come back to it maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes later if I'm being completely honest, sometimes I'll come back to it the next day when I just feel a little more fresh and clear headed to start the task. And the second one kind of plays on to that one as well. I think, Mariska, you mentioned this earlier that sometimes you have a task that you're avoiding that's not even necessarily a big task it's a really small simple thing but you work it up so much in your mind that it turns into like this monster that you're avoiding Mm -hmm. and I find one of the ways that I can kind of overcome that is to take that monster and literally strip it down part by part so if it's a simple even if it is a simple task I break it down into like smaller parts so that it's more manageable and then less intimidating for me to, to do it and I'm like okay well if I did part one and it only took me five minutes to do it I can just do part two and then the whole thing is just crossed straight off my list without that kind of sense of it just hanging over my head for five yeah. more days so yeah I, I actually as you were talking I had this image of a monster with multiple legs right <laughs> and as you are stripping down the task you're literally ripping off legs it's like yep this leg is this thing this leg is that thing so yes very gruesome and gory in my head I know but thank you maybe not the best visual but it does help it helps me to just kind of break it down make it smaller more manageable tasks yeah for sure because sometimes we can come up with tasks that I think are so like grand and just kind of impossible like start a business or like open a new brand and that's like such a huge massive task that has like maybe 25 different steps so it's like okay let's chunk them down into steps one 
two, three, yeah. maybe I do two today, maybe I do three and four tomorrow, whatever the case is. But like yeah. making it manageable and bite-sized is so important, I think. It is for sure. And then also another thing for me as well is when I am breaking down the tasks into smaller parts, I tend to, like the avoider would, go for the ones that are flashy and fun and exciting. And I do those ones first. So there's not necessarily like in order, there's, it's not strategic and it's getting done, which is like the silver lining of it. But then it does make more work for myself because then I have to come back and be like, okay, I've done all of the fun parts, but now I actually have to sit down and do like the parts that are the reason I'm avoiding it. But Mm. in the end, it all gets done. It just maybe takes a little bit longer than it would have if I had just done the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I enjoy the fact that you use the strategy by almost using the avoider against itself, going, you know what? I know you're going to go for the fun stuff because that's part of being the avoider, right? The avoider really likes fun stuff. It doesn't like difficult anything, difficult emotions, difficult conversations, difficult tasks not its thing it likes fun so if i need to get the ball moving start with something fun exactly yeah, for sure well, there you go that's the way i overcome my avoider i flip it and make it show up for itself i make it work for me yeah yeah which i think is so so important because a lot of these kind of sabotaging behaviors like they do stem from a kind of when I say good place, like they're trying to protect us, right? The avoider is in its pure essence, really trying to protect us. But, you know, as we're adults, as we kind of grow older, we need to grow, we need to expand, we maybe need to expose ourselves to certain challenges and things that's going to make us evolve we have to kind of confront them which the avoider doesn't want to do but i feel like when it comes to managing these self-sabotaging behaviors is always remembering that essence like it is here for some sort of good purpose i just need to work with it and make it work for me in the best healthy way that's going to give me growth change all that good stuff Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for sharing your top three tips. I will definitely be incorporating some slash all of them uh, (laughs) when uh, me and my avoider bumps heads next time around. And I am sure some of our listeners might also be able to utilize them to their advantage in future. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much for coming on today, Ariana. We so, so loved having you and hearing what you had to say. And for everyone listening, we're going to link Ariana's like details below. You can check her out. She really is such an inspiration. But thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Well, until next time, we will be back and possibly bringing you some more tips and tricks on how to handle your saboteurs. Thank you so much for investing your time with us today. You are awesome. 
please subscribe so you get notified about our newest episodes and go ahead and share this with your friends so you can find out what they feel like expressing. Until next time.